I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As the seasons change and summer becomes autumn, autumn becomes winter, and the festival season finally winds itself down, I sit back and think of all the things I've done this year. I've done some fantastic interviews, I've met some fantastic people, and I've even catalogued all my vinyl records, which is something I've been putting off for two years. But when I think about the year that's just gone, there's only one thing I can't forget. I can't get it out of my mind because it was so good, I've had to do a podcast about it. Go on then, Robbie, what is it I hear you cry? Well, it's only the 80s Rewind Festival in Henley. Hi, I'm here with Prince. Um, is this your first Rewind Festival? No, this, um, last time I came here was 13 years ago. That's fantastic. So you've seen a lot of acts over the years. Who's been your favourite so far? Oh, so the last time I was here, Billy Ocean. And your outfit is amazing. I love yeah. this. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I'd go for Prince. This is our favourite festival. We come every year. Wouldn't miss it. If you get the opportunity, come on down to this festival. So I've got to say a massive thank you to Prince slash Steve and Rosie there. So a little bit about this festival. Why has it been on my mind? It's just an amazing festival, to be honest with you. When you first get there, you come down the hill and you can see the tents and you can see the big wheel and you can see all the circus stuff that's in the distance and you can just hear that slight hum of music coming over the hill. And it's a beautiful, beautiful feeling and you can just see the crowds are buzzing. When you got in there, there was a problem with the tickets and there was lots of people that were angry and really annoyed, but the staff could not have been friendlier. They were so friendly, they were so professional and they were so helpful. They just made the experience all that more special when you were there, just just trying to get through the door. Once you got in there, you were filled with just this amazing atmosphere of people dressed in 80s clothes. I saw a Vivian there, I saw a Magnum there and you just saw people wearing the most craziest outfits. And as I've never been before, as soon as I got through the door, you knew that experience was gonna be really, really special and instantly you felt welcome at this festival. There was no airs and graces about it. It was pure 80s and nobody cared and that was the best part about it. There was no hang-ups about being who you wanted to be and expressing yourself in this festival. And that's what made it amazing. When you looked up on the hill, they had a big Rewind Festival sign, exactly like Hollywood. So you felt you had the glitz and glamour of Hollywood in Henley, it was great. You got in there, they had an inflatable church so people could get married. (laughs) And they had three stages there with music playing on each one. Obviously you had the main stage, which I'll go through in a minute. There was music absolutely everywhere. And what was lovely is that when you were queuing for food, there was a little stage where bands were playing, doing 80s covers, and also some of their own music every now and again. It was nice that they were championing their own sort of music. Every genre of food was taken care of, whether it was Thai, chicken, Indian, fish and chips. I had a Yorkshire pudding. That was amazing. (laughs) I had a takeaway Yorkshire pudding with roast potatoes. We need more of that in the world. There was plenty of bars everywhere so you could get a drink. The queues wasn't too bad because there were so many bars it was spread out so you didn't wait more than 10 minutes for a drink which was absolutely wonderful. Yet again the crowd was amazing. No one was too drunk. No one got crazy. Everyone just had a brilliant time. Also if that wasn't your thing and you wanted water there was free water refills all around the site so it was a very hot day so you could get a refill of water when you wanted it. Now that sort of stuff at festivals you have to pay for bottles and normally $2.50 a bottle or something crazy like that. They were off in the water for free. Well done Rewind. That is such a great move. 
Well done you. Everybody's needs were catered for in this festival and there was plenty of disabled access as well. You felt completely safe at this festival and there were security people everywhere so if you needed advice or you wanted help there was always someone you could go to as well. This really is a planned out festival. Now on to some of the main acts. Pat Sharp was the host of the festival and you couldn't think of anyone better. He was funny, he was charming, he was quirky and he was just Pat Sharp. Also he gave you that 80s flavour that you definitely absolutely needed. He was incredible. Anyway, let's get on to some of the bands that I saw that day. Now, obviously, I can't play any of their music because I get absolutely smashed with copyright, but I'm going to try and give you the idea anyway. First up, The Undertones. So the Rewind Festival is a two-dayer, and there's plenty of acts on. You've got UB40, Nick Kershaw, The Art of Noise, Squeeze, Heaven 17, The Farm, Bubba Beyond, Toya, Go West, and Tony Hadley, just to name a few. I went on the Saturday, because on the Sunday, I actually had another engagement at a different festival. I had such a crazy summer. I was so lucky. Anyway, I walked into the raucous sounds of the undertones. Paul McLoon doing a fantastic vocal job there. Obviously, Fergal Shark is not with them anymore. He's off saving the rivers. He's a counsellor. And good on him. It needs to happen. We need to save the rivers. That said, Paul McLoon is a fantastic replacement. He he does a fantastic job sounding just a bit like Fergal, but just a bit like himself to make it warrant his own sort of sound. They were a really great band. They did such hits as Teenage Kicks, Jimmy Jimmy and My Perfect Cousin. The crowd went absolutely bonkers. Such a wonderful atmosphere. They were a great band to start the festival off. Can you be 60 years old and still pull off a leather jacket? The answer is yes. If you see the undertones, a definite yes. So by this time in the afternoon, the sun was at its peak. Everybody was in the zone. The heat was unbearably brilliant. And there's only one band that could match that, UB40. Without playing a single note, this band had everybody in the palm of their hand. Robin Campbell fronting this incarnation of UB40 with four original members, including Jimmy Brown on drums. They were just brilliant. They were every bit of UB40 you'd expect. I'd never seen them before, but they were they were brilliant. Uh, they come out, the Birmingham boys. The heat was amazing. They instantly got the vibe of the place, and they played classics like Red Red Wine, uh, One in Ten, I Can't Help Falling in Love With You. The crowd went absolutely bonkers for that song. When you get a band that knows exactly what they're doing, there's nothing better than that. And this band is professional, tight, and they know exactly what they're doing. I know there's two camps at the minute. There's Robin and there's Ali. There's two different UB40s. And I've not seen Ali's UB40 yet. It's a shame they can't all get together and just do one big gig that'd be amazing again they were a great band they played really really well and the reggae and the sunshine just absolutely matched it perfectly as well and it's great hearing those songs live I've got the UB40 album signing off somewhere and uh, it's just an amazing sounding album and to hear some of that live really we gave it some absolutely special gravitas they even did Baby Come Back which they did with Pat O'Banton and it was just great to see it like they, they didn't take themselves too seriously as well they did some quirky songs like that really really good set now the one up next was really super interesting to me So one of the most interesting bands of the day for me was The Art of Noise. And they did a VJ set, so they were DJing with videos. Yet again, Art of Noise, trying to break the boundaries of music. Every time they do something, it's super interesting. But I wasn't sure how this was going to work, because obviously The Art of Noise was mainly an album-based band uh, created by Trevor Horn, Gary Langham, and Dudley and JJ. So it was interesting to see how this was going to work on a live setting. 
Now, I'm not going to lie. They had a lot of technical issues that day when we saw them because there was a lot of stuff that didn't want to work. The sound wasn't coming out. The videos wasn't working properly. But when it did work, it really, really worked. And you can see the idea they were trying to get across. And it was just a really interesting mix of mixing music and art and video all at the same time. JJ was quite funny. He was walking around and just going, and now it's Kiss. And now it's this. So it was a bit like a presenter. <laughs> didn't seem to know what he was meant to do. <laughs> but it gave it a really quirky touch. And I think they definitely deserve another go because it was like I said to you it was plagued with tech problems but the idea was definitely there if it was running smoothly it would have been an incredible experience but what I saw was absolutely brilliant they did stuff like close to the edge kiss moments in love and the Peter Gunn theme and it was great to hear those songs live because you never really hear those in DJ sets and you never really hear them when anyone's playing live anywhere so it was nice to see those represented by the artists in a gig format yet again the art annoys dared to be brave unfortunately on the day it didn't work as well but I'm sure if you catch the show any other time or next year it's going to be incredible Following the amazingly interesting Art of Noise, we had the festival veteran Nick Hayward. The man is effortlessly cool and he's such a nice fella. I interviewed him last year for the podcast and I thought I'd play you a little bit of it here. This is him talking about how they got the name Haircut 100. You know, I just thought, how, how are we going to get noticed? You know, well, not going to get noticed too much being called rugby. <laughs> yeah, you know, which is one of our names. So, you know, it was that moment where Haircut 100, that, that stuck because... That's a that's a great sale. That's um that looks that'll look great on a sale. Haircut one hundred. Okay, right, great. You know, it was pop art, it was just different. And it's got a number in it and it's a hundred, hundred percent, hundred percent commitment. Ooh. Haircut. You know, because we're obsessed with our hair. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and getting it right and getting finding the right barber. I mean that's what we that's all we did. It's like when you find the right barber, you know, you're just there. We couldn't find anybody to give us the the right hair uh, until we did, you know, in Olympia. So did the name Haircut 100 mean anything or was it just how it looked? Yeah, I was a, I was literally just a word fanatic um, and commercial artist. I was a commercial artist. They're working as a commercial artist. So words just meant type, you know, they meant advertising. They meant like draw, to draw you in, to catch your eye. Um, they didn't even have to necessarily mean something in the same way like... Uh, in Japan, when they just have English writing, that's what it is to them. So it could be, you know, I remember sort of seeing a, a radio and it said, go bonkers, go Jack in it. And you think, what does that mean? But it's just, you know, it's... Yeah, it's like Spandau Ballet. Just, <laughs> it's just... Yeah, no, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds brilliant. It means, you know, it must yeah. mean something to somebody, you know. Or tell, yeah, it's you know. just wordplay, simple wordplay. The fantastic Nick Hayward there, a fantastic guest. I love talking to him. We had an amazing chat and I'll put a link in the description in case you want to check out the whole interview. Do it. It's absolutely great. Anyway, the man is Dorian Gray. On the day he came out in his sunglasses, his shirt and his Gretsch guitar, he looks exactly like he did 40 years ago. It's incredible. Now, I've got to say they had a backup band that played with most of the artists for the afternoon and they were excellent. And they Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I didn't let Nick Hayward down. They were a fantastic band. They recreated the songs absolutely spot on. And Nick Hayward himself, you could tell, was just having a great time playing with some great musicians. He did fantastic songs such as Love Plus One, My Favourite Shirt and Boy Meets Girl, as you'd expect. And the atmosphere was incredible. Everybody loved him. And he's one of these sort of people that you need to see every single year whenever he comes on. I, lo- I love this man. He's so great to interview. He's so great to see live. If he's there, just go to this festival just to see him alone. He's well worth the ticket price. Anyway, now for the other Nick. So Nick number two was Nick Kershaw. Now, Nick Kershaw is someone I was really interested in seeing because I've never seen his live shows online and I didn't know really how it was going to go. So I was really interested to what he was going to do. Now, it turns out he was way more rock than I realised. I, I guess I should have guessed because of the guitar he was had around his neck and I know he played the keyboard a little bit on the Riddle video and stuff like that. But I didn't realise he was such a guitar heavy artist and it was absolutely fantastic to hear him absolutely rocking out with the guitar the set was really great the crowd were really great they really went for it now what was interesting is he did um he did his usual stuff he did the riddle and i won't let the sun go down on me as well but he wrote one and only for chesney hawks and it was really interesting to hear him playing it in his own style because i've never heard him play it before anywhere so it was a first to hear him play at this festival and yet again, like Nick Haywood, the two Nicks just literally know what they're doing. They had the crowd going absolutely bonkers as well. So to hear him doing the one and only for Chesney Hawks, he said, no, I wrote this one and now I'm going to play it for you. Just to hear someone that was absolutely fantastic as well. And also on top of that, he did a cover. He said, people have been asking me to do this. So I thought I'd do it anyway. And he did a cover of um, Only You uh, by Yazoo. And it was like a, a harmony version of that. And it was amazing. It suited his voice so well. And the band were absolutely on fire when they were doing it as well. It's one of those songs that you'd never put with him doing. But when he did it, it literally came alive. And it was it was electric. It was absolutely brilliant. So he's someone I definitely would recommend seeing if you get the chance to see him live. He also did Wouldn't It Be Good, which was just brilliant as well. You know, he did the hits. He did some stuff I didn't know as well. And then he did these covers just to really give it a unique flavour to that set. But... Yeah, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Well done, Nick. So by this point, I've been there a few hours and the sun began to set. And that's what you needed for this next artist. You needed all lights on his gold jacket. The wonderful Martin Fry came sliding onto the stage from ABC with his wonderful gold jacket shining in the light. Wow, ABC. Yet again, another band I'd never seen before. And I was absolutely blown away by their performance. His voice is exactly the same as it is on the records, as it was 40 years ago. It's not aged at all, and he still looks really, really great. I tell you, these people are on some magic elixir that keeps them all looking young, because even Nick Kershaw looked younger than he should have done. Anyway, so they came out and they were just brilliant. He did Poison Arrow, Look of Love, All of My Heart, and When Smokey Sings. Their show was smooth and, for a better word, aerodynamic. Everything about it was smooth. It just kept moving. It was a fantastic show. Martin Fry, he knows what he's doing, and he had the crowd in the palm of his hand. Fantastic show. Absolutely fantastic. Worth the ticket price alone just to watch ABC. Now, I think it's around this point, we, something happened that you don't normally see at a festival. There was a stage invasion. Pat Sharp was welcoming him out the next act, and a guy just ran on and put his arm around Pat Sharp. And Pat Sharp, being the professional that he is, just smiled at him and went, all right, mate. <laughs> 
you don't really get stage invasions anymore. Like you don't get flashes and you don't get like that woman that was topless running across the cricket matches. You don't get these things anymore. My, my, we've grown up as a society. Anyway, next out of the canon was Martin Kemp of Spandau Belly, who was doing a DJ set. He was playing stuff like Somebody Else's Guy and uh, Super Freak and things like that. It was it was interesting because it was a bit like an old school 80s disco when people used to do that sort of thing. You know, they would just have a microphone and shout, come on. And that's basically what he did a lot of that. And shouting, you know this one. <laughs> I think if it was anyone else, it wouldn't have worked because it was Martin Kemp. That's why it worked. He was clearly enjoying himself and he absolutely loved the crowd. And he kept getting his clothes off as he was going. Like he had a jacket on that came off. Then he had a shirt that came off. Don't get me wrong. It was a really hot night. And I don't blame him for that because it was getting really hot even in the evening. It was one of those sort of days where the weather was absolutely incredible. You could not have got a better day for a better festival. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, Martin Kemp really knocked out of the park. He really enjoyed himself. The crowd enjoyed it as well. Everyone was singing along. He was doing the classic stuff. We'll get to the chorus, whipping the fader down, letting the audience sing it. But that's what you want. You want that sort of 80s cheesy type party atmosphere when you go to these things you don't want someone too slick that's mixing too well and it's a little bit too serious you know he literally had a twinkle in his eye when he was doing it and uh man he was great he was really really great anyway the final act of the day the larger than life andy bell from erasure came out and did an absolutely stonking set absolutely smashed it out of the park now i think he had a few problems with his idiom monitors or something to do with the equipment playback system because there was a bit there where at the start where he did actually struggle quite a bit to sing and get a bit dumb i mean you know was it the music i don't know if it was the music that was the problem but the point is it seemed like it was the music and he was constantly playing with his ears and trying to get something to work out so i think it was a a technical problem that was uh, playing him up there. Nevertheless, his voice was still there and he was strong and he sung just as well as he normally does and he did all the hits as you'd imagine and some stuff which I'd never even heard before which was nice as well. And um, it was nice to see him, you know, out doing his thing and he looked fabulous, sung fabulous and, you know, it's one of those things where I don't really want to comment on it too much because there was a lot of problems on it. So it's not fair for me to say, you know, this was bad and this was good because I think the whole show for him was difficult. I think it was one of those things where he really struggled to have a good show. But in between those parts, those glimpses, you could see that he was having a fantastic time and he really, really did well with what he was doing. And it, he just really, really pulled it out of the park, I thought. When he was when he was on fire, he was really on fire. But when he did struggle, he really did struggle. But fair play, you know, he battled all the way for it as much as he could. I did see next day in the papers, there were some bits about it. But yet again, I think people weren't actually looking at the fact that there was problems with his sound equipment and equipment but nevertheless he was a fantastic person to close the show it was amazing and unfortunately that's where i had to leave because uh, obviously i was going to another festival which is i know it sounds terrible and i know i sound like i'm moaning but i'm absolutely not i went to two festivals in the same weekend and it was fantastic i would love to have caught the second day of the festival because unfortunately i missed um tony hadley go west toya brother beyond squeeze heaven 17 the farm and the doctor from doctor and the medics was doing a dj set Clive Jackson is a fantastic guy and we had a wonderful chat um, and he spoke to me about how he came up with the idea for covering Spirits in the Sky. During the process of doing that album that um, we recorded Spirit in the Sky um, and there's um, a very bizarre story about why we recorded it without giving too much away. I, I tell the story, well no, I tell one of the stories in my show and I tell people I'm not going to tell you if that's the truth or reality but the reality is more bizarre. There's two stories. One's a lie and one's the truth. 
I'll, I'll tell you. Right, one's a lie and one's the truth. But the actual truth is more bizarre than the lie. So this is the version I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you if it's the truth or a lie. You have to work out. So we're recording the album. We did need a single off it. And um, I went to bed one night and I dreamt I was at Lavenham in Suffolk, specifically Lavenham. And I met John and Yoko, uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono. And uh, as you do, we went for a pint. So we went in a pub and we just heard this musician in the corner and it was Mark Boland sat cross-legged singing Spirit in the Sky. And John Lennon said, you should record that bass, you know. Um, and so I went in and I told everyone this bizarre dream and everyone was, the band was taking the mic, but Craig Leon, the producer, overheard it. I said, hey, that would be great. You should definitely do that. So if you listen to the record very carefully, well, we've got the Tony Visconti. The whole, there's a bit of a tribute to T-Rex there with the guitar riff, but also the big strings in the middle. Tony Visconti, Mark Boland's producer. But if you listen, because uh, in the 80s, you had to double track, quadruple track your vocals to get that kind of homogenous sound that everyone wanted at the time. So on some of the uh, doubles and treble tracks, instead of singing When They Lay Me Down to Rest, I'm singing When They Lay Me Down T-Rex. Uh, and if you listen very carefully, you can hear it, which kind of proves the story. So there you go. You decide if that's true. I'm not going to tell you. The wonderful Clive Jackson there from Doctor and the Medics. I'll put a link in the description for the interview if you want to hear the whole thing. Lovely guy, fantastic host. And I bet day two he absolutely took control of that stage and was the absolute master. Or the doctor, if you like. <laughs> okay, no more dad jokes. But anyway, what can I say about this festival? On the way out, they also had a, a nightclub tent called the Pink Flamingo. And Pat Sharp was DJing there to the early hours. So once all the bands have been on, you could also go there and listen to music. DJ by Pat Sharp himself, which must have been amazing, um, into the early hours. Unfortunately, I had to go because I had about a two-hour drive to get home. So I left at that point. But yeah, you could have seen Pat Sharp DJing in the Pink Flamingo. And also on the way out, we saw these glowing lights. And they had a silent disco as well, which is always fun when... You know, 500 people shouting different songs all at the same time. I love a silent disco. I'm a total sucker for those. <laughs> anyway, you know, this festival, what can I say about it? It's it's amazing. It, it genuinely is amazing. It covers everything you can think of that you might need when you're there. Food-wise, uh, you know, supply-wise, if you want water, food, sun cream, plasters, you name it. The staff are friendly. It's really well organised. And it's just one of the best festivals I've ever been to. You know, I'm going to go every year if I can. I just think it's the best thing ever. And, you know, save your money and go. You won't regret it. If you love the 80s and it's your sort of thing, you will not be disappointed at this festival in any way. They've been running it since 2009. They know what they're doing. And every year the acts just get better and better. I don't know how they can top it. Save your money. Go to the Rewind Festival. You'll have a great time. Thanks for joining me on this review. And I shall see you on the next one. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.